You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. News team. Assemble. And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, we are back. It is the unofficial 40 podcast from Soonerscoop.com, where Carrie's learning how to operate equipment. Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. It's been a, a great week. Uh, g- glad to have you guys back, and I say great week because uh, we launched our uh, our T-shirt merch Boom. line, and uh, it uh, it went quite well. I, I just want to say how much I appreciate everybody. Soonerscoopstore.com. Uh, I I spent all day yesterday. Ryan could attest to this. Just sitting in a room and shipping out uh, uh, things, and uh, we're also going to have Ryan on the podcast because Josh is uh, we, we all fired know, him. When, when, He's gone. He's dead. When Josh's daughter has a birthday, it's like a week-long adventure. Um, well, it's better than like when they get older. It'll be a month-long thing. I think Ian Bob will go that, through that with Pearl. Can't it's, a, it's a birthday month. They don't celebrate birthdays don't anymore. Josh birthday is setting months. a very good example for Bob. Like It's just, I mean, basically, uh, no, no man will ever be good enough for Josh's daughters the way he treats them, um, or woman in this day and age. So uh, he's just digging his own grave, as far as there I'm concerned. Go. So anyway, he Josh, will be calling in. Though. Josh is going to call in uh, and uh, update us on recruiting, but uh, he knew that people didn't want to hear him on a telephone uh, while he's at the, I would say beach. He's at a river park in San Antonio, Texas, which sounds awful. Uh, so no, I, I look. I want to say uh, how much I appreciate all you guys out there that uh, bought some of our new merch. Uh, as I said, I think, I think I said like 120 orders I sent there, I sat there and, uh, packaged up yesterday and even more to come today. I'm about to run out of supplies. I got to reorder pretty much everything. Uh, but that's a good problem to have. So, I mean, shift them out to North Carolina, Where Florida, Where is the furthest we've gone? Hawaii. Yes. Hawaii. 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 Right. Someone Hawaii. bought a black Imperial visor in well, Hawaii. Thank yesterday. you to the uh, the Gabriel family for uh, the support. <laughs> I guess I guess we are. Like we got to think about We're that. We're the official uh, supporters of Hawaii, and oh. all the slander that I've ever thrown out there against Hawaii is no longer. Uh, we got to delete that from the internet. That's, I've always said that I have no interest in going issue. to Hawaii. Yeah, you're gonna have to time code, timestamp the podcasts and tell me. There because could I'm be a lot. Going in. There could be a get, lot. I'll just let you get canceled. There could be a lot. Uh, but we have a lot of new stuff uh, in the merch store, Soonerscoop.com, uh, Soonerscoopstore.com. Uh, we are currently collaborating on the Eddie collection. There's I more know. to come. There's more to come. Ooh. I'm Ryan, excited about that. I'm excited about the first one that we're releasing. I think Ryan that's going to be a hit. Ryan and I are coming up with your launch release uh, promotions right now just soon just soon and no ryan king uh joins us for the first time as a member of the the crew uh i mean he was last week 
I, I will give you the opportunity to just tell people how horrible I've been to you the last week and a half. Uh, I basically just make him sit in a room and watch videos. Well, first of all, uh, it's, I feel very honored uh, to be the go-to whenever Josh can't be here. The obligatory, we need a fourth person. Let's just throw Ryan in there. So It depends on how much you talk about Jesus this week. That's right, it does. Uh, no, Kerry's been awful. I come in here, he throws me into a chair and then keeps my eyelids peeled open while I have to watch Logan Paul. At least they don't shackle you anymore. Yeah, that was only the first couple days, but yeah. I have a little more freedom this week. I am allowed to go to the bathroom middle of the day. It's been good. You still have to ask permission. But. Yes. He comes in and goes out a lot. I'm going to say this right now. It's <laughs> kind of borderline annoying because we have the little dinger. Ding. So I have to see, is that the mail person? Is that a delivery? And 99, no, 99% Ryan, of the time, it's just me. I assume you're just chasing girls down campus corner. Like, Man, I... Let's not, let's, that or he has a severe cocaine addiction, yeah. which that would be kind of interesting, and that should be open to the table. That'd be a twist. I have a mirror. Let's talk. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, don't enable him. Uh, so, I'm um, Eddie I'm talking about. Uh, we don't know. Ryan might be a I scumbag. I think you're enabling me. So, uh, no, but I, I think people ask me this question a lot, like, after you were on the pod last week, like, what's he going to do? Uh, and you are a TV guy. We brought you in here because you had that experience and we are building broadcast, you know, production studios. Got a very exciting delivery in today uh, that Brian and I both can't wait to get this podcast over with so we can go mess with it. Uh, but essentially you are going to help build our new media, uh, kind of just what we do. And I mean, I know Eddie's going to want to be a part of it. Uh, and you know, that like the bad thing. You're maybe not. I might just retire. <laughs> I think what I'm saying is we're not going to be able to keep Eddie from being a part of it. He's, he's going to interject. Him. He's probably going to be running it, you know, by the time, I don't know, six months from now. Uh, but he's going to have everyone as his cameraman, basically, is my fear. That, that's my dream right there. <laughs> I was about to say that I, I don't think uh, when you say we're building, I feel like I'm here very much to assist you guys. I'm here to assist you. Anything Bob might hypothetically need. Eddie, if I have to be his cameraman, come with ideas for all of a sudden. I'm, I'm totally down with that. I don't, I don't think it's like we're building. I think I am like a foot soldier in the vision you guys have. That's the way I look at it. Would we make any money if we just followed Bob around? That's what I want. Yeah, to know. absolutely. Can we turn Bob into a YouTuber? Can yes. we turn him into the next Jake and Logan he's Ball? extremely interesting. I feel like Eddie's got a lot going on, but we know what he's got going on. We have no idea what Bob has going on. Just let the uh, the, the the cameras run wild throughout the Prisbillo household throughout yes. football season. Bob is it's like a, a reality show. It can be a reality go. show. Bob is actually he's wearing a shirt that would play very well on video today. He's got I don't a even know copy, what it says. A, a, do uh, you know copy. what that copy? It's it copy control plus C and then V paste. So and that's Pearl shirt. Pearl has a paste shirt because she's my mini me. Oh. Wow, so that's it, awesome. It was a Father's Day present last year. That's Cop really cool. Copy and paste. Damn, Brittany a, did really new, well as the new merch king. I'm very impressed by <laughs> that's that. Awesome. So uh, anyway, uh, no, but you know, Ryan and I are kind of working. Like I told him, I kind of gave him this little speech yesterday. Like. Everything that we do around here is kind of trial and error. Like the roles that we all have uh, have molded over time. Like they've changed, they've shifted. And that's kind of, we're always pretty loose in terms of if this is working, let's do that. And uh, if this is stale or whatever, uh, you know, I say that, but the, the tenant that our site is built on is Scoop. So uh, that hasn't changed in like 20 years. Uh, but no, I mean, you know, this is a, a different era. We started it with the Isaiah Thomas show last night that did really well. 
Uh, we want to continue doing things like that, but also fun things, entertaining things, uh, things that kind of show off people's personalities uh, of the site and, you know, people that might be a part of things, you know, in the future. And that's, you know, that's to come. But just like the merch, stuff, I'm, I'm kind of insane. And, and I know this, like I tell these guys things and they're like, yeah, I don't get that at all. And like, I have to do it to show them before it really. And I know it's the same way on the board. It's like, you know, when we didn't do the pod that one week, everybody's like, why are you wasting your time on these studios? You can't even get a pod out. Like, it's just that there's a bigger picture at play. And Ryan's a big part of that. So um, outside of that, you know, we are going to get to sports. And, you know, obviously the SEC media day is going on right now. Big, we're past the Big 12. ACC, I saw Dabo Sweeney on TV tonight. More realignment stuff is out there. I, I don't know. Did you, you guys look at that link I sent you yesterday? That front office sports about Notre Dame. Yeah, that kind of broke on uh, Monday. Was when, that? Monday? Yeah, I think that was during T-shirt madness uh, when we were when getting I was every, in a when, bunker. Yeah, everything was getting put up and put out there. But uh, it, at the very least, interesting with Notre Dame saying they only want the seventy-five million, or they'd be happy with the seventy-five million. What does that do for the Big Twelve as far as opening their pathway to maybe get onto uh, NBC? Is that going to open? the door for an, a schedule, you know, the schedule. It was just interesting to whatever. me that, you know, you have NBC and they are one. I mean, it may not be where you end up, but at the same time that gets you in the game. If, mm-hmm. if, if, if other conferences, if other TV networks know, Oh, well, NBC is looking at the big 12, uh, maybe. And I've said this all along. I think the perfect thing in, I don't know why we concern ourselves so much with the big 12. We really don't, have a sure. horse have in this race anymore. But it, it, it does kind of loosely connect Oklahoma just because, you know, I think what the Big 12 and what happens with them, I think that's going to be how, meaningful and how that right. accelerates OU and Texas's exit to the SEC, will it not? No, it absolutely does. Like, if ESPN came in and put together a package for the Big 12 uh, and added, you know, and you you were able to get some Pac-12 teams to defect and join the, the Big 12 in, in lieu of this TV package, then, yes, I think that helps Texas and OU. If they put together a multi-billion-dollar, you know, billion dollar, hundred-million-dollar deal with NBC, Peacock, whatever, or you know, they use that to get a better deal with Amazon or ESPN Plus or whatever, uh, there was, then I think it helps OU and Texas. And there was an interesting article, too, that came out uh, earlier this week that ESPN and Disney had sold like more preseason inventory, ad inventory than they've ever done before, like $9 billion. So now they have to find, you know, stuff to show to run it. And live sports is is what really is driving that revenue. All right, uh, I don't know what I was saying. I'm sorry, we had a little interruption there. We've had some office snafu. We got a leak in the building a second time. Not Uh, our fault. What, the snafu? Yeah. Or that we We don't have any control over that. The snafu. Yeah. The leak. I'm just saying that we've got, so we've got shit fault. going on. So. I think it's upstairs neighbor's fault. He started uh, maybe like... Not taking such a big dumps? Or I don't know if that's the problem. Because that the bathroom's on the ground floor, so I don't know. I think it's somebody up there, though. You think they're sabotaging? They heard about all Ooh, the, the merch sales? Very well could <laughs> and be. And so they're trying to very sabotage well could us? Be. I could see that. I could see that with that I group. didn't know we were starting a rivalry with the Sooner Club. No, they're the good people. We're keeping them on... Uh, good terms until then so uh yeah but i mean big 12 
good for OU in Texas if they find a place. Sure. Uh, but better for OU in Texas to leave for the SEC, which I don't know about you guys. I don't want to spend four days in Atlanta. Four days is too many. We'd still just spend the one. Yeah. You go OU and that's it. Yeah. We don't I, have to act I mean, like if we're we going to Atlanta, the other ones. If we're going to Atlanta, I want to spend the four days. I, I want to be <laughs> you want so much. Chickens, I, well, no. I just want to be a part of those people. Those I, want fans. Be, I want to be a part of the culture that we are about to embark with. Well, that might be a part of the YouTube channel. Maybe we could send right. Ryan out there and you could be an Alabama fan for a I day. rate the fans in the backgrounds at SEC Media Day on a scale of <laughs> would that person kill somebody? Would they slit somebody's throat? For a Nick Saban for autograph? A, no, just for a national championship. And if they would i would you're in the right i, spot. I like i like those people i, think I like the culture the tennessee fan day for that mm. to find those people i mean right I, I think that there's a good chance that those fans are in every fan base amongst the sec i don't think these people i'm just saying i don't, the think, tennessee I don't fans think people are, are just completely ready for the, the idea of what the sec no, is bringing the tennessee i'm just saying tennessee fans are more bloodthirsty uh, well, Alabama that's probably fair. That's probably fair. Georgia Alabama fans won, probably won. wouldn't do it just because they don't want to. It'd be a little bit above, beneath them. They're also expanding it to six days. Once they move up to 16 teams, you know, it'll be two to three teams a day. They're going to end up taking over a whole week. week. Yeah. Yep. Maybe 10. Maybe they'll do like one to two teams They should a day. do one day. One game. One day for each team. Mm-hmm. Go 16 days. No, I'm not paying for that. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now. Why? Why not? Day. Can't miss that. I mean, if you, if, you, if you and Ryan are the kings of monetization on YouTube, you got a shot. So you have it's up 20, to you. <laughs> 25 to prove yourselves that you deserve six days in Atlanta for SEC media days. So uh, I'll just kill somebody on the first day. How about that? That'll get some views. That'll solve my, my travel expense problem. There you go. I could stay at the Atlanta jail. It's probably safer than Oklahoma City's jail by any means. <laughs> you might be right. Uh, oh, I am right about that. Guaranteed. So uh, anyway, you come off of Big 12 Media Days. Uh, Bob, you you did a great job with articles. Uh, they're all over the place right now. Uh, and I think, you know, Dylan Gabriel, obviously the centerpiece. A lot of Dylan Gabriel talk on national college football shows the last couple of days that, that I've been watching. Uh, and I mean, this is where we are. I mean, it is going into a season. Dylan Gabriel, the only real question is he's making the bonding with the teammates. I mean, First off, you wrote about uh, you know their retreat out to uh, the Lawton area uh, near the Wichita Falls Mountains, and you know just being out there together. And then he did the I saw all the pictures floating around yesterday from the offensive line retreat. But I mean, it seems like he's doing everything that he needs to do uh, to to kind of win over his teammates. Exactly, and I mean it's something that we mentioned in the winter and and the spring is how he's embraced this role. And it's just gone to another level throughout the course of the summer. And now we'll just see, does that mean anything when you actually get onto the field? Being interconnected, being all that chemistry, com- camaraderie, does it, is it going to translate into a better on-field performance? And that's what we're, we're going to find out. But you hear it from like Marvin Mims, you know, even though he's not the, old, the, the oldest guy in the locker room, but you, when you hear him say, no, that's a Dylan thing. That's not a quarterback thing. That's just who he is, and we've really grown to appreciate it here. Woody Washington say, yeah, it's taking me, Justin Broyles, Key Lawrence out to dinner to get to know us better, and it's just it feels different. It feels like this is the type of guy that Brent Venables would have wanted to bring in anyway, and he lucked out into being able to do 
just that. It's kind of similar to, and it, it reminds me a little bit of what Baker did, but behind the scenes. Now we're seeing it out in the front as far as ingratiating himself uh, to the team, his new teammates. And I guess it, he's had to do it because he's had to step into this uh, so quickly. But I don't remember uh, anybody like, and it might be unfair to compare like the, the, the quarterbacks that came in before him, but I don't remember guys really kind of taking the leadership role by the horns like he has through the things that he's done. And it's like, it, it's almost, I don't think it's fake in any way. Like he, he definitely believes in what he's doing, but at the same time, it's, it's, it's just been fascinating to see like how quickly he won those guys over, whether it be just in the first couple of weeks of spring or even to now and putting together what you wrote about with the dime time retreat or taking his offensive lineman. I, I can't remember a quarterback uh, here over the last couple of years, like, just having such a close relationship. I don't know if that's the right way to say it with, with his offensive lineman. We, well, it's, we would hear about Kyler and T cafe. Sure, he, sure. he would yeah, do that a bunch. Sure. Yeah. Yep. But, but before yeah. that, it was really like Sam Bradford was the last person you really heard about on a regular basis, taking his lineman. I'm sure it was happening. I'm sure right. Baker was doing it. But like the first time I remember ever hearing about what that was like with Jason white back in the day. And like, he was taking his lineman out to eat, Every week. And I think they were going to like Golden Corral and stuff, like just all you can eat places. They would just go in and destroy buffets. So, yeah, but when you look at Dylan, it's just the way he has embraced it. Like, where it's like, oh, can he handle He's hand- coming after Baker, after Kyler, after Jalen Hurts. Can he handle it? It's like he wants to. He wants to be that guy. He's not shying away from any little thing that's being asked to that he has to do in this position. I'm wondering, like, is the one thing that I keep... I mean, you know it was going to be a thing. I don't think we wrote a single thing on it, and I didn't ask anybody to write a single thing on it, but, like, the constant talk and questions about NIL is just, like... To me, I'm kind of over it. Like, it's not... It's happening. I don't need to know if a coach... I'm likes surprised, it like, or doesn't like it. What are they? What are we continuing to ask about? <laughs> I know. Like, uh, it's what, a thing, right? Like, what is the? It's it's almost a little bit like the conference realignment stuff. Like, I don't need an update. I thought it was really funny coming out of the SEC media day. Like, and I hate to pick on like local news, but like one of the stories on the local news uh, over the last couple of nights was OU and like after uh, Greg Sankey talked. It was like, oh, you in Texas don't expect to go to the SEC until 2025. It's like, what is the update there? <laughs> like, of, what, what did you think Greg Sankey, like, was Greg Sankey going to stand up on the podium and be like, oh, by the way. We're going to go, yeah, we're going to stick our foot in our mouths and say <laughs> something that we shouldn't say to put OU in Texas in a I just, negative position with it, the conference they're in I'm, right now. I'm in, I, I, I'm almost at like wit's end just as far as like, the daily updates and, and NBA free agency is kind of like this as well. Like Get how, to that point, you know, three or four things or stories are thrown out there every morning. Uh, it's, it's, the nothing's changed. Yeah. It's like, so what did I just read? I basically read that there's an update for nothing. This is just what this writer envisions could happen. They just get a different former NBA player to come on and talk about how, uh, well, you know, Kyrie Irving would, right. you know, I've heard that Kyrie wants this or that and, and Kevin Durant, if that happens, then this could happen. It like, almost, it, it brings me close to... It's a never-ending parade of scenarios. It makes me want domestic terrorism to happen when somebody asks, like, would a championship or what would, what would, what does Ja Morant need for his legacy? Like, I don't give a f- I will say I asked an NIL question, but it was a dud and I moved on. I asked Marvin Mims 
did he learn anything through his t-shirt? You know, the t-shirt he had with his foot being inbounds. And he brushed it off, and so I brushed it off and just kept going. Hmm. I would have liked to know his answer to that. We're, we're it, definitely... It was like nothing at all, basically. Must have not done them well. I don't... I mean, I don't know. From my experience, it's not like... Fans aren't just clamoring to buy player t-shirts. Like... It, especially if it doesn't say OU on it. I mean, you had Graham's interception and then Mims' catch, and then obviously we saw nothing else rest of the season. But like Theo Weiss had a big thing, but then he got hurt. Like he had a massive uh, merch site and stuff. We all know Spencer Rattler. Ethan Downs has got a massive. He's one. got people working that for him. Yeah, Terminator shirt. But that's not bad. Do you but do you get some? Do you get seven? <laughs> do you get seven of them? <laughs> What if what if we start having some uh, media members wearing the players shirts to interviews this year? What like, do you mean what if? It's, it's not a matter of what if, it's a matter of when. Who? <laughs> Which who's the biggest suck up? Yeah. It's like okay, someone's going to take it past the just wearing Jordan stuff like to full on I'm wearing your t-shirt and asking you questions. Like I want to I will immediately call Ryan and say get your ass down here. We need two cameras on this shit. <laughs> It's a matter of when, not if. I can see that happening. Oh my god! Um, so that just that train of thought just totally took me off the tracks. Uh, let me tell you this: uh, Josh McQuiston is going to be joining us here uh, shortly, and uh, he is—he's definitely not at Great Wolf, Great Wolf Lodge because that's in Grapevine. It's some water park in San Antonio because his daughter's having a birthday. He told he told us he took all his stuff, but then. Whoops. Forgot something. The, <laughs> Whoopsies. Like the plug in for it. So I can't make a network work, but that son of a bitch can't even take a cord. All right. I want to hear anything more from him forever now. That's done. So, uh, okay. Outside of that, I mean, I know we've talked a lot about this, and Eddie, Eddie, you kind of sent this to the group the other day, but still, that national it's still there. narrative it hasn't gone away. Like, OU's rebuilding. Like, OU is in trouble. OU is, uh, you know, how many games can OU win? Can they win seven? Like, can they go four and five in the was, Big 12? It was from the Fox Did, was, uh, graphic was yesterday. Was John Blake just here last year? Was Howard Schnellenberger just here last year? Like, I, I truly don't. I can't wrap my head and around Eddie And, and I, like, I had like, to ask you guys about yeah, this. It's yeah. like, am I just being a huge homer or... I told you, I'm. I, if you... If you are, I'm in the same cult as you're right. in right now. Well, because, you are in the same cult as me. Yeah. And I, it, that reminds me, I need to talk to you about the uh, the cross situation that we ran into. But it, I just don't, I don't get like, and I, I guess I do get, like I try to always separate myself from like the bubble that we live in and look at, look at it from the outside in. And, you know, Bob, you brought it up this morning. It's like, if I was looking at a different program and I saw, you know, a coach that by all means was successful leaving. Uh, you're losing a quarterback. You're losing a bunch of really good defensive linemen that got drafted. Like, I understand the thought process in it. But I also understand OU's been very, very successful over the last 20 years. They've been very successful over the last 50 years in college football for the, you know, outside of those years in the 90s, obviously. But the quarterback situation they replaced it like it's the best of both worlds they they replaced Caleb Williams with a guy that probably has the most uh experience out of anybody of as far as new quarterback on campus anywhere 
Uh, I mean, my God, the guy's thrown for 70 touchdowns, 8,000 yards in his career. Uh, he's working with a Jeff Levy and, a, and an offensive coordinator that, like, that's the other thing. This, this coaching staff isn't new. Like, this, a bunch of guys that are here, like, if you want to say, yeah, well, everybody has first-year problems, right? It's like, okay, that's, that's fine. But at the same time, it's not like they're ushering in a bunch of new coaches either. Like, it's a bunch of coaches that have been around that are familiar with the program. I just, I'm lost. I think it's a lot of people that, you know, paid attention to the fact that Bob Stoops coached the bowl game. Like, Lincoln wasn't here for that. Like, it was a change. Like, we have a perspective that we've been out to practice. We've seen how different it is. Not that we got to see a lot of Lincoln Riley practices, but it was nothing like what we see with Brent Venables and his coaching. Like, it is as intense, even by OU Bob Stoop standards, it is more intense, especially defensively, than any practice I ever saw under Bob. Like, it's just, it's maniacal. Yeah. Yeah, it it goes back to the Brent Venables thing that I said repeatedly, and I'm going to keep saying, is like, if he was the best assistant to not have a head coaching spot for the last four or five years, why is it that now that he has it, he's not ready for it? Or the the program isn't going to succeed when you've been touting him for years as the best guy to not be the guy yet? He's got it. He knows what it... There might be little hiccups, but he's not also going to fall flat on his face from going to defensive coordinator to head coach. I just don't see it. It is interesting, too, that you know you look at... Just the national and Gary, we've talked about this. We talked about it on the pod just as far as like, and I'm not taking a shot at anybody, but it is telling just as far as like the way that the national media have covered this and not been around this day to day. Uh, you know, like a perfect example that you've talked about before is the athletic thing and not filling Jason Kersey's role because I think in a way they feel like Oklahoma's about to drop off. Like it's not going to be worth covering to a certain extent. And I just find that fascinating when you look at a Notre Dame program in reverse that, and I think Marcus Freeman's going to be great. He's obviously mm-hmm. recruited it extremely well. But when you're comparing what Marcus Freeman's done as a coach to what Brent Venables has done as a coach, it's not even, is it, it, is it even comparable? Truly. I mean, it, it, it's different because the entire staff stayed and sure. it was only Brian Kelly that left. Sure. Now he, he, I mean, he took some people with him, didn't he? From like a behind the support scenes type staff. support mm-hmm. staff type Thank role. Yeah. But at the same time, when you look at what Oklahoma is, you look at the schedule, and and the only reason that this discussion came up yesterday is because you looked at the uh, the uh, the tweet from Fox Sports, which is you know basically just turned into a clickbait farm of like how many games does Oklahoma win, and it's it's their schedule. Like I don't, unless I'm just a complete homer, I don't see where they would lose five games. Say they lose at Nebraska. like, mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be the only true test, quote-unquote, in the non-conference. Then you're talking about them losing four or five games in the non-conference. Yeah, they got to lose like Kansas State, Texas, Baylor, Bedlam. Like They, they have to lose all of them. They haven't <laughs> lost five games in conference play since 1998. I mean, what are we doing here? What is this? Like, even in, you know, and I think... You know, somebody like Catch brought this up. It's like, you know, when you wrote the Warm Term uh, article, it's like everything with Oklahoma at that time, it's an even bigger indictment on the other programs within the conference that they weren't able to take advantage from 2011 to 2015. And OU didn't win it every year. Obviously, you know, Baylor won it in, what, 2014. But they still had success 
at an extreme level to where it's like, so even in these quote unquote down years, you weren't able to take advantage of it. And, you know, I just like, I feel like the program right now is in much better shape than it was 11 years ago, back in 2011, by, by all means. It's funny too, because they look at Oklahoma like that, but then like I'm sitting there watching yesterday, uh, college football live. Uh, and they literally had it on the nose with like Lincoln Riley and Alex Grinch. They're like, well, yeah, Lincoln Riley's got this really good skill talent at USC that he's brought in, but he's got nobody on either side of the ball in the trenches. And yep. Alex Grinch, kind of like we, we had that re- big revelation, like Alex Grinch's defense was ranked somewhere in the 70s last year at Oklahoma. It wasn't very good. Like, it's just, you know, and he was losing so many players. They recruited well, but had not been developing across the board. So, like, now he's going to USC with a team that doesn't have all that on defense. Yeah. Like, yeah. that does have some bright spots, I'm sure. But, I mean, if Latrell McCutcheon's the starter there, I mean, they, they just, they're not very good. Well, that whole thing, too, is, you know, when you talk about, like, where the money's coming in on, those are people in Vegas that are running out there, and they're looking, yeah, that and is they're so saying, bizarre. like, yeah. it, it's one of those things. It's kind of like before majors the and value stuff, is when good, yeah. everybody wants to uh, bet on Tiger. And as much as I love Tiger, and as much as, I, like, I talk myself into thinking that, like, oh, yeah, he's going to compete, it's the same deal. It's like, he has a broken body right now. He can't go win a golf tournament. He hasn't. Like I, it's I amazing. think that those parallel with each other. Yeah, it's it's like, amazing that Lincoln has gotten that much hype and cachet yes. just from yes. taking over a program that was already as high as it had been in a long time. Right. I mean, he's coming off winning the Sugar Bowl, and, and isn't that like isn't that so fascinating too that like he's caught all of this and but we were around it. And we know how contentious everything was around here back just even last year, mm-hmm. and they still found a way to win eleven games. Yeah, like. It, I, it just it, it's but it's, they found a way to lose two games that that one they played like crap in and two they were killing the team at halftime. It's amazing to me that you go back to that bye week and they're undefeated going into the Baylor game. Yep, like it, well it's that was nine zero. And you mentioned is. losing five in a row. That's the first time anybody since Bob Stoops has taken over has lost two games in sure. a row. You and I guess in a, I game. guess in a way it's also kind of one of those things. It's like I you do have to credit that staff for in a way keeping that thing together as as well as they did knowing how many, I, I guess we'll call them problems, were going on within the program at the time to even get to that point at 9-0. and Now, the ball bounces a couple different ways there remember, early in September. Everybody, Six no and was, three or something. Sure. No one was happy with that 9-0. and No, no. And the rankings reflected it. Yeah. People, yeah. people were more angry at 9-0 and than they might have been at 11-2 and at the end it of the year. It was a shitty 9-0. and I mean, it just right. was. Right. They had, well, we'd entered what week where they hadn't beaten a division one team by more than one score until like Texas tech or something. And, and it was like, it, for the, it was, a, it was like, uh, I don't want to get into old yeah, stuff, but yeah, let's drop I it. Mean. <laughs> but the, the national narrative for OU couldn't change last week. Cause I was a little surprised. No national people were there. That was a very much a regional media. Day. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of turned like into the biggest that. names were like Max Olson. Yeah. Max does a great job covering the Big 12. Yeah, he, 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 he's he was one he's of the biggest, regional. Yeah. yeah, he's one of the biggest name guys. Like there. I yeah. thought with the Big 12 being first, maybe they'd get a little kick up. Sure. Like some people would show sure. up that norm that normally won it. That was still like 
cast of characters that we all know. Well, Stuart Mandel would have to leave his house for that to happen. Honestly, I was glad not to see Dennis Dodds. I mean, he's the only person that is uh, he's irrelevant. I don't know. I mean, what was the was it even did it even feel like a normal Big Twelve like because. Was the Texas media contingent, I mean, just all over the place? Because, I mean, I didn't really feel like no. I mean, it was, was the circus that it normally was. And we know a lot of people in TV at Texas it, that are no longer around. It's also, that's true, too. It's yeah. also different, too, for this, a certain aspect of just like Oklahoma. It, it felt weird all week because of the obvious that's out there with all the realignment stuff and OU and Texas on the way out. But, like, I'm so used to OU going first. Yep. That, like, on the first day, exactly. that it just felt weird being there on the second day. It felt like I had missed something. And almost. with OU and Texas going the same day, you didn't, there's no carryover. No Texas sure. asking OU stuff, no OU asking Texas stuff. Yeah. Because we had our own things that we needed to do. It is getting closer and closer to the point, though. Even like, and I don't know, I think it's maybe just one of those things that's in the back of your brain. But, like, when I was coming back, uh, like just driving around the next couple of days after Big 12 media days and people are talking about college football and uh, you turn on the radio and that's every, you know, anything just that's all anybody wants to talk about it in a way. It does feel like, okay, it's starting to We're be football two, season. It's two starting to feel from like tomorrow, football season. From, from Thursday, two, two weeks from Thursday. And I think that that like obviously talking season's coming to an end and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, it is kind of interesting that just, I don't know. Maybe just the narrative that's out there right now on the Oklahoma program as a whole. I I I think it's kind of funny. I think it's also pretty funny that like, uh, you know, you can listen to a national show and they talk about Lincoln Riley and the USC stuff, and then like any hint of an Oklahoma fan like touching it or commenting on it, it's like you son of a bitch. You need to get over it. It's like whoa. Like Oklahoma fans are never going to not comment on that. Yeah. That was the biggest news story in college football. It was the biggest story uh, that, you know, in a way had happened here in my lifetime for sure. Just like it's never not going to be a thing. Well, is it like there's somebody yelling at Gabe Eichard last night on Twitter because he still follows Lincoln Riley like mad at him? Yeah, I would still follow him too, but the son of a bitch blocked me. I still follow yep. him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, how's that he going? doesn't tweet. He doesn't do anything yeah. at it. Like he's not in the top 10. No, Coaches it, it, like that that sparks data that that comes out now. He's not even Twitter close screwed to it. him up. I yep. mean, like mm-hmm. he's he's not. He does more Instagram stuff now than and I still follow him on Instagram. Like I, I guess people has, just take he things. Has, so, he hasn't I don't block me there yet. I don't. <laughs> Sometimes I think about making comments, but I'm like, I don't I don't want to do that just quite yet. I'm gonna wait for the right time. Yeah, use that bullet when it's really necessary. It's like a cyanide pill. Like don't use it if you don't need to. I, yeah, I, I'm gonna, I'm just sitting waiting. It'd be interesting if he hears this and then blocks me. If he start, if he blocks me, we'll be, we'll know. It's confirmed that he listens to the U forty. By the way, I uh, speaking of the U forty, uh, I ha- I got a report today from from Atlanta, and U uh, forty is making waves with the SEC already. Oh, beautiful! Well, hello to our new friends out there. I uh, I heard from Michael over at Dead Soxy, mm-hmm. and uh, he w- he went to Atlanta to kind of just make some inroads and right. Peter Burns wears dead socksy. Oh, does he okay. really? There you go. And uh, so he was. He he ran into uh, Peter. Introduced him to Marty Smith. We're we're Twitter friends. Yeah, Peter I Burns. Mean, uh, uh, and I really have always. I won't say always, but since I met him when OU played Clemson. Clemson. Yep. Bingo. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I became Same. a Marty Smith fan. Yep. Just the sweetest guy. Uh, and you know, he he and uh, Ryan McGee have a a podcast together, show together. I met Ryan in Omaha. Did you? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 
And so uh, Michael was being introduced to everybody, including their producer. And the producer looked at Michael from Dead Soxie and said, hey, you advertise on one of my favorite podcasts. He's like, oh, we do? He's like, yeah, the unofficial 40. Nice. So the producer for, uh, is it the Marty and McGee? Right. Uh, he's a big unofficial 40 fan. So he's, shout out to he's you. He's from Oklahoma. Uh, is he? Okay. I believe so. Okay. Yeah, I believe he's a big Oklahoma fan because I actually just followed him on Twitter a couple days ago. I didn't realize that he was following me. Hmm. I'll check so, him out too. Because I, uh, I was telling Max and Ryan was sitting next to him about, uh, I actually had invited Max to do meth at the uh, blue collar uh, boardroom. <laughs> And uh, I, I, one of your I was like, I was like, oh, fan, there's Ryan. Huh. How are you? I'm Eddie. And so I invited him as well. But, uh, you know, we got to talk and I was just hitting up, you know, guys saying, hey, we're doing the pod. What, you know, what, what do you want us to hit on this week? That's right. Uh, and so we got into that conversation. But I want to remind you guys that uh, you can get your custom sock swag on with Dead Soxy. I mean, uh, they've worked with a, some huge brands out there. PepsiCo, Toyota, Dell. Children's Health Hulu. Now, you're going to need to order probably about 100 socks or so. But for your company, uh, if you want to have uh, socks that hold up, you, you know, basically you value your reputation as a company. If you want to put your name on some swag for uh, maybe advertisers, uh, corporate partners, employees, whatever, go to deadsoxy.com and uh, check out their custom socks options get a hold of them and uh, you need to start planning now for that stuff because especially with the holidays and uh, all kinds of things coming up plan ahead it's kind of like with our merch stuff we have to plan ahead it can't just come out overnight uh so deadsoxy.com d-e-a-d-s-o-x-y.com uh go let them help you uh put together a great gift to give to people within your organization outside your organization uh that can really you know up the i mean we can tell you right now doing merch Having your own merch, people love it. I, I don't wear the uh, boardrooms very often, but I did to a wedding on Saturday night. Uh, you did, Just yeah. absolutely yep. tore up the dance floor in them. It was, it was a beautiful configuration. <laughs> By the way, for, if you just want to go get some Dead Soxy socks, it's still 25% off if you use that promo code SCOOP. Uh, it's also, it's almost August. Time to stock up on those game day socks. So go check out the Oklahoma collection and uh, talk about collaborations. Believe unofficial forty and dead socks. You're starting to uh, beautiful make some plans. Beautiful for, for a collab. So not like an OU collab, but like a yeah, like a U forty on some scoop. boardroom yeah, or something. Yeah. I'd wear the f out of those. So It'd be awesome. We'll uh, we'll keep talking about it. All right, uh, Josh is going to be joining us here any minute. Well, there you know what perfect time. Wow, could have worked out better. Josh McQuistion, how are you, sir? Guys, I'm great. How are you? He's very drunk. You can tell. <laughs> I, I, I'm like I, I'm a couple beers in. We're we're not we're not too aggressive right at the moment. So, um, do I sound okay? Because I I am literally poolside at the moment. No, so. you sound great. I, in fact, you sound better than you usually are. Well, yeah. that, that's I think I like hurtful, Eddie. I think my but, I, I think I like my Josh with a couple drinks in him at <laughs> one o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> I, I can tell you, Tiffany will confirm the same. And so that, not I, as, I'm much more friendly. Not so, as close you know. to a port city. Uh, it's it's just the only thing is we are in San Antonio, and I feel like I'm doing my part because they've got a real water problem here. So I'm just drinking all the liquor just to conserve for the la- the locals. So it's, uh, you know, I'm, just, I'm again, I'm just trying to help out. I was telling uh, the guys, you're setting a terrible uh, precedent and example for Bob. Um, 
he is going to he's you you make him think that all his children's birthdays have to be like five day adventures now this believe me this was not of of my choosing this is not how i would have done it so i i like a good one day that's fine we'll go crazy you know you need a day to return for maybe you went somewhere fun but this is this is a this is gilligan's island man this is a three-hour tour that i did not prepare for so i'm telling you this is a month i mean you're just preparing when they get teenagers and then into college it's a month-long celebration so this is this should be nothing new Oh, Lainey has been talking about, you know, it's my birthday since like, I don't know, July 1st. That's right. So birthday we month. Are, you know, we're, birthday we're, month. We're well on our way to That's the right. MTV Sweet 16 show. It's all going to happen. That's going to be not, awesome. You're not like in too truthful of mood where we ask you about a recruit and you say, well, he's never coming to OU yes. anyway. So oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> you're not um, there yet. Oh. I don't think so. I mean, like we can we can rate and rec- rate. Wow, we can wait and record this in about four hours when the whiskey and the margaritas start flowing a little stronger. Well, I might prefer that. Then we could really get into some trouble. Peyton Bowen flipping. Come on now, tell me. Uh, it's it, it's already done. They're getting the every player in the top tens. They're all coming to Oklahoma. Clip let's let's just get bold and brave here. Clip that, and we'll yeah. just send that part out. Social. That'll be the <laughs> so, that'll be the social teaser for the week. Cut that. Cut that. That and will then, be it. And then it'll just be a series of Josh, like, drunkenly reacting to that reacting tweet. To like, <laughs> you guys know I was drunk. Good, delete well, this now. And we, well, we get double the content because then I have to go back with all my revisions and be like, I don't even remember saying that. Like, and I, I just get to walk it all back through a whole other piece of content. So, like, it's, it's just we win both ways. One of the great rules in life or one of the great rules in life, just admit nothing, <laughs> deny everything. I think Old Rope made that famous. All right, Josh. So uh, you uh, you're enjoying life, but we uh, we wanted to hit you up and and just find out the latest with recruiting. What's going on? Sure. Uh, anything new uh, on the trail uh, out there that you wanted to kind of hit on this week? Uh, you know, it honestly has. I mean, it, it sounds very self serving, but it's not the worst time for a trip. It's been a little quiet. You know, it's kind of this is kind of the dead week because next week you've got all the guys coming to campus. You know, both with the camp on the 27th, and yes, that is ice being poured into a bucket near me. If you guys heard that at all, I like so that. Yeah, again, it, it's it, you know a lot of people living their best lives right now. Um, and I then just spent a, I the, just spent a whole day in a closet yesterday. This is awesome, by the way. <laughs> just shipping stuff out. And then on t- the 29th, I mean, you've got guys like Tassilia Kana, David Hicks. I mean, you've got a lot of the 2023 kind of premier targets that are still out there coming to campus and then obviously the decision of Derek LeBlanc uh, with also the possible addition of Josiah Wagner. So this was kind of the dead week in the month of July. Like, again, I'm not saying I planned it this way. It didn't, it just kind of fortuitously worked out for me, but this was going to be a little bit quiet. And then I think again, next week you see some things pick up where, like I said, Josiah Wagner, there's a lot of buzz on uh, the July 25th could be his day. Uh, I haven't gotten any of his people or Josiah himself to confirm that, but it's absolutely possible. Then you throw in, like I said, Derek LeBlanc on the, uh, the 29th uh, or 28th. I keep missing those two up. 28th. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And um, then, uh, again, I, you know, for me, Jacoby Johnson's one of the interesting guys to watch. He's confirmed for me. I need to actually add him to our board visitor list. He's confirmed he will be there on the 29th at Oklahoma for this big weekend they're putting together. That could be – that would be an interesting time. Like, we really haven't had the guy commit 
on campus. But Jacoby's taken some officials. He would went to Michigan. That was one of the ones he really wanted to see. I haven't heard anything that makes me think Oklahoma has dropped out of you know the race for him or isn't clearly the top option. So we'll have to watch. But I, I, I mean, if you told me there was three commits next week or next week, it wouldn't surprise me at all. And that's something we've sort of said the last couple of weeks. We know these planned announcements, but there were certain guys where, okay, if they say they're going to announce so-and-so day, oh, you should be feeling pretty good. I don't know if Lewis Carter was one of them, but that thing accelerated very quickly from thinking of the top three or top five to, oh, he's going to commit. Oh, and he's also going to pick the Sooners. Can you sort of give us the, be- the background of how that all came together so quickly? It's really interesting because, I mean, this time last week was the first time I was like, maybe I need to put in a forecast for Lewis Carter. Like, I, I started to think about it, but I just – I didn't feel like I had enough. Like, I, I, I was like – I you know, people that maybe don't follow me on the board or, you know, aren't subscribers yet, again, shameless plug, get on that, fix that problem. But beyond that, you know, if, if you follow, you know, the, the various uh, Twitter feeds that will tweet out, you know, when a forecast comes in or whatever – I really do try to be pretty deliberate about that. Like, I'm pretty confident if I go through with that. I don't like the, oh, you know, I just wanted to be ahead of the curve or I thought there was a chance here. I I very rarely go, you know, get too aggressive with it. But as time went on, it was just like, man, something's building here. Because talking to Auburn people, there was like, I think he's gone. You know, it it was like, whoa, okay, I didn't know it was that far down the road. And so as I talked to more people, and then I talked to Lewis after he tweeted out, I believe on, what was that, Thursday? Thursday maybe, night. That yep. he, that, mm-hmm. Yeah, that he had something coming. And Lewis and I have talked since he was a sophomore. I, you know, actually, um, uh, I, you know, not to not to grandstand or pat myself on the back, I, I saw his tape as a sophomore and sent it to some folks around Norman, and that was kind of the first contact he had with OU, you know, many moons ago. And so he and I have always had a good rapport and, and really talked a lot, and I, I just kind of hit him up. It's like, hey, man, you know, is this a top three? Is this a commitment? Let me know what I need to be ready for. And he goes, oh, it's just, you know, it's just a top three. I was like, okay, great. No problem. And then, you know, I started hearing really reputable Florida guys like Andrew Ivins. I mean, a guy that I really respect in South Florida and, you know, in Florida in general that knows the area. I thought, well, okay, I, you know, if Andrew's saying something's happening Saturday, then, then I'm probably wrong on this. So I, I just kept checking around and, Lewis never would come back to me, but about that morning, that Saturday morning, I finally hit him up and was like, all right, man, we both know what's happening here. I'm, you and I are going to talk about what actually transpired after you announced this thing. You can let me know where I went wrong. And all he sent me was a little heart emoji on Twitter. Like, yeah, I got you. <laughs> I kind of screwed you over. And it was like, okay, you know, like if, if a guy will at least acknowledge, Hey man, it went wrong somewhere. Cool. Fine. No big deal. I, I think he was really trying to build the moment and wasn't expecting so many people to be apprised of what was going on. And, you know, I, that happens all the time, Bob. I mean, you know it as well as I do. Like, And Carrie, obviously, you know, really all of us just covering recruiting for as long as we have. There's These guys don't realize until they get to these big moments how many people follow this. And this is their whole job. I mean, like, this is what we do. It's pretty hard to trick everybody. There's a few guys that pull it off, but it's pretty rare. And I think Lewis thought he could build the suspense and maybe surprise people. And then I think as time went on, he realized the word was just out. Could you talk to just as far as the momentum goes with on the defensive side of the ball? It feels like this Lewis Carter thing was a little bit different. It felt like the PJ uh, at a 
commitment was different. You're, they're starting to build, and you know you've had some notes up on Oklahoma today on the board. We don't, I don't want to you know give it completely away, but maybe Oklahoma's making some moves for David Hicks, which would obviously be a massive win for this defensive uh, staff. It, it feels like they're starting to be some real momentum, and again, I, I think that's so important given. These guys haven't even played a, def- a, a down on the defensive side of the ball yet as far as this staff putting together an actual defensive unit in the regular season. Absolutely. You know, and I think, you know, we can talk a little about the DJ Hicks stuff, but I think with with Hicks, and I, and I said it in there, I can't really quantify what it is, but when I talk to people, it's just like, Oklahoma's real there. You know, like it's just kind of a don't don't think this is lip service or don't think this is just, you know, something where he's trying to make it interesting uh, with A&M. Like he really is into what's happening at Oklahoma. And, I, you know, I, I think with um, what I said is this is kind of the time, and, you know, you guys can back me up on this, where you start, you know, in, in history of OU recruiting, you start to see guys that have talked about OU a lot and nothing comes of it. And you're like, okay, this the ties are being severed, like, oh, you's going in a different direction, the kid's going a different direction, you know, maybe both, whatever it is, you knew, like, this is when the rubber really starts to meet the road, and I don't get the, you know, somebody asked me this week, like, do you feel like, oh, you slipping on Hicks? I'm like, I I feel exactly the opposite. Like, I, I, it feels like I'm more confident than ever that Oklahoma is probably going to be the either or in a Texas A&M situation. Like I kind of thought Oregon's made things interesting. I know he really likes Miami. I mean, there, there are other contenders, but I think that last night, you know, whether it's the night before signing day or whenever he cho- chooses to go with it, I, I, I think it's going to be OU and A&M he's sitting there talking about. And he keeps talking about Todd Bates as his best relationship. That's the coach he's most familiar with, the one he's most comfortable with. And, Guys, we're starting to see. I mean, like, it's not lip service. Like, OU starting to land these guys. You mentioned Lewis Carter is a guy that I wouldn't have given OU a chance with three months ago. And they just Correct. kept fighting and stayed in it and went and won. PJ Adabaware, like, the, uh, it's, I, I did it again. Adabare, blame that on the Dosekis. Um, there is, there is absolutely some momentum that's happening. I think guys are starting to believe in what they're doing. And again, part of it is just, this is the plan like this. You don't talk to anybody at OU that's surprised about what's happening. There's no feeling of that. It is. We thought this was going to happen. We didn't know exactly when, but we believed we had a shot with some of these guys. And even when by Job went to Michigan state, it was, if we get PJ, it's fine. And they they got the guy they wanted, you know, and and, uh, again, that's not a slide to buy Job. They just have to make some choices. And I think he, uh, excuse me, Adabare and Akana and some of those other guys, that's where their focus has been for a while. So I, I do, Eddie. I think they're building momentum. I, one of the best examples, and I'll try to wrap up this really long answer, is Jordan Renaud, who came out and has basically said it's OU and Alabama. How long has it been since OU was in a battle for a defensive guy with Alabama? And you, and they're in two. And you really think they've got a chance with both of them, Vickers and Renaud. Now, they may miss on both. It's possible. But OU has a legitimate chance. And that just that hasn't happened in OU defensive recruiting in a decade or more. You know, Josh, the COVID sort of took away the opening. So we kind of lost that summer event where you get to see elite kids. But Future 50, that was a pretty nice weekend for OU. Caden Green, 
PJ, Jackson Arnold. You had the commitment of Carter there on uh, on site. Is you got a the, lot of good David Stone social media back and forth <laughs> on it. There, yeah, David Stone saying Caden Green's the best offensive lineman he's ever gone against. Just another shot, uh, shot in the arm in terms of the evaluation and you know the way the coaches have gone about trying to build this class. I, you're not kidding, Bob. I mean, like, and that's the thing. So, the two what the two primary events this summer have been the Elite Eleven and have been the Future Fifty. Future Fifty. One of the talking points for everybody was PJ Atabare. I I don't think there's any chance that Rivals is not does not have him in the top 100 in the next update. Like that. I think that's coming. I think that's abundantly clear from what we've watched. I mean, obviously, on three jumped him in their top 10 overall. I don't know if Rivals is going to go that far. I Honestly, you know, and I know people say, oh, well, they should. I haven't seen the guy in person. I want to see him in person. And people can, you know, you guys know and people that read the board know. I've been gung-ho on that kid since the day OU offered him. I, I, I love him on tape. But I want to see him in person. But, boy, you watch some of the stuff he was doing where he's dipping under guys and has a – I mean, that wingspan's incredible. Like, when you watch him dip and he's got his arm underneath, it's – it's impressive. I mean, like the, the physical tools just seem like they are all there. And then you add that in with some technicians like Brent Venables and Todd Bates and what we all expect from Miguel Chavis. I mean, there's just a lot to like there. And again, like, you know, like we keep talking about, it, it just feels like the momentum is building. And with the way this summer is going and what we kind of expect, guys, you could have the entirety of this staff focused on both 2024 and beyond as well as, what, five or six guys in the 2023 class are trying to close on the Renauds, the Hicks, uh, Vickers, you know, whoever it may be as the season begins and then as they roll into the season itself. I mean, we like what this staff is doing, but you give them just a, you know, like I said, 10 or 11 of them to go, you know, double team some guys here and really try to close in on a on a finish, that – that feels like a recipe for some really good results. It's a far cry from what this thing was a month ago. I, and I know that, like everybody was saying, be patient, be patient, be patient. But even when you say be patient, you still want to see the results at the end. And yes. I think it's gone. Has it gone better than maybe you even thought it was going to go? And that's on top of the news as far as, you know, winning the Elite 11, uh, the MVP with Jackson. It just seems like it's a little bit more than what everybody even expected when you're saying be patient. I, I, I couldn't agree more, Eddie. Like, you know, and I, I kind of hinted at it a second ago, and I didn't really come back around to it. But, yeah, I mean, you throw in Jackson's performance to the Elite 11, Caden being really strong at, at Future 50, P.J. Atabare being really strong, uh, you know, the David Stone stuff. No, I mean, again, some of it's not even guys that are committed. You know, Peyton Bowen made a huge jump, and everybody's still talking about Oklahoma's very much in that race. So there are, it feels like even peripherally, there's a lot of good news that's channeling Oklahoma's way right now. So there's, there's absolutely a good feeling. And, you know, you guys could weigh in on that. But even as I'm talking over the last couple months of, hey, it's going to be good. July is going to be good to you. Just relax. Let that come. There's still like, you know, 
there's always that feeling in the back of my mind, like they're not going to get all these guys. They're not going to hit a thousand on this. Surely somebody's going to, you know, Dalen Smothers is going to decide, I don't want to get that far from home. I'm going to go to NC state or, you know, Caden green's going to fall in love with that Missouri official visit and he'll surprise everybody. Or Logan Howland really loves the O-line tradition at Iowa. I mean, there's all these possibilities that as we look now, you think, well, they didn't, that didn't go against OU. So clearly that would never happen. But we've all seen it happen. We know it happens. So you just kind of thought, well, something's going to go wrong here. Something, this is not going to work out this perfectly. But the commitments have all rolled the way OU wanted them to. And then you throw on top of that, like you said, all these subsidiary news, all this other stuff that really only helps Oklahoma build momentum currently and going forward. Josh, this is the last one from from me. I joked about Peyton Bowen, but why do you think this groundswell has come back to the forefront once again during the last two, three days. What I think is really interesting is you guys remember when I talked about uh, uh, some of the Jacoby Johnson buzz and I, I, you know, people will message me and talk to me about, Hey, you know, what are you hearing on this guy committed or this guy that seems to be a a lean to, you know, OU? the problem is with, I'm getting a ton of that from Notre Dame guys. And I know a bunch of guys in that market. We, you know, there's been several different rival sites through the years and, you know, we stay in touch. And so I talked to a lot of different Notre Dame sites and it's clear that Notre Dame does not have a lot of confidence. I mean, th- today, obviously the Ben Minnick offer is really interesting. The guy that, you know, I had in my most recent predictions to go to Oklahoma, but for them to make that offer, they've got to feel like something's not going right at safety and the obvious guy to look at is Peyton Bowen. I mean, that just makes all the sense in the world. And there are people out there that think A&M and Oklahoma are more likely than Notre Dame, like that, that it's going to come from those two rather than Notre Dame and A&M or Notre Dame and OU or whatever. So that is, that's been really interesting. And I think maybe it's just because Peyton has finally, you know, he's been, he laid pretty low this summer and then he goes to the future 50, has to do some interviews and you're, you know, people, People always see the interviews or see the stories that are written, and they think, okay, well, I, I know. Man, there's background conversations going on. There, there's all sorts of other stuff that's happening, and it makes you realize, like, there's more to it than this. There, there's more that's going on. Again, I, I think A&M's making this a lot more interesting than it would have been because if you'd have said, you know, two months ago he's going to flip from Notre Dame, everybody would have just assumed it's Oklahoma. I don't think that assumption is valid anymore. But at the same time, as long as he flips away from Notre Dame, then you know, then Oklahoma's clearly in the race. I mean, the, the door opens again, uh, you know, officially, I guess you'd say. So what's going to be really interesting to me is if he makes it in next weekend. I know there's been a lot of rumors that he's going to come in the 29th. Talking to some sources, as, as recently as late last week, he had not informed OU he was coming. Now, he's still in contact. All that stuff's still happening, so it could it could still very much happen, but it has not been confirmed to Oklahoma that he will be there. Uh, we want to take uh, time out for another one, and our only second great sponsor. We, we, we don't let a lot of people on here, but PrimeShrimp.com, P-R-I-M-E, Shrimp.com. Uh, go check them out. Uh, Davis has been on the board uh, answering a lot of your questions. Uh, it is Tuesday. Oh, it's Wednesday. So a lot of you, what they do is what they... So, well, let me step back, explain. PrimeShrimp.com, they, uh, they have all these signature sauces that they sell. Uh, they've sent them all to us. Josh and I have tried like the garlic herb butter. 
and the French French Quarter Alfredo. They're fantastic. Easy meals in under 10 minutes. Minutes. You just take the the pouch, the frozen pouch. You put it in boiling water for less than 10 minutes. Uh, you want to cook up like some linguine or Alfredo with it. Uh, maybe you want to do some grits, whatever. Uh, some nice vegetables. Maybe uh, maybe you got the air fryer. You want to go with uh, uh, some Brussels sprouts, little little oil, little salt and, and uh, pepper. Uh, always good for me. Uh, but yeah, I mean, go check them out. PrimeShrimp.com. Uh, hundreds of orders were placed last week. Uh, and if you give uh, the code uh, s- scoop, <laughs> we have two advertisers and I can never remember which code is which. Uh, if you, I've got it right here. If you use the code uh, sooner scoop, you will get 30% off your first, your first order. So uh, even though you missed out on the 50% off, uh, they want to offer you guys that didn't get a chance to take advantage of that deal. Another great deal. So use the code sooner scoop. You'll get thirty percent off your first order. Uh, you can get all four. You can try the signature. You can try the uh, Louisiana shrimp oil, the the, the garlic herb and butter, uh, Parmesan or the uh, um, French Quarter Alfredo that I mentioned, and also just get the unseasoned if you want to do it up yourself. So PrimeShrimp.com, a great sponsor of the pod. Uh, don't forget, Davis is on the message boards on the Crimson Corner. If you have any questions, we've always got a Prime Shrimp thread going there for you guys to interact. Uh, with those guys and ask any questions that you want. Size of shrimp, uh, all that stuff. Shipping uh, times, uh, if you have any problems with your order, they'll help you out. So primeship.com, go check them out. Great sponsor of the Unofficial 40. Last couple for me, I just as far as next week, and because it is going to be so interesting with the, you know, the campus, kind of that final push before the start of the season. They have that camp coming up next Wednesday, a week from today, which at, is going to be night. kind of interesting. Like, I... That's something new. That's something that they haven't done. Uh, they've had those elite camps in past years, but specifically the night thing, it's going to be kind of intriguing to see who shows up and who, uh, you know, participates in a way and maybe not even participates, but just tries to get back to campus next week. Absolutely. You know, and I think that is, it's very telling some of the guys that are already saying they're going to come, they want to work out. You know, there's some good names in there. I mean, rivals 100 guys, guys with offers already that are just going to come and work out just because they want to. And I think that explains a lot of the value that Oklahoma puts on this stuff. You know, Brent talks about that. Like, we want you to come. We want you to show you interested you are. We want you to be engaged. And I think they connect with certain players that do, that just want to come to camp and compete and want to go and show, hey, I'm the best guy here for Oklahoma, you know, that kind of stuff. They believe in all that. And so I, I think that is really interesting. And, I, you know, guys, this is a drum I've beat for years. I, I never understood why OU didn't do a camp that was like Friday Night Lights That's right. or something like that, where they, they had something a little different. And I think it's really interesting that they – and when they started in June, you thought, well, okay, I guess they're just going to do what they've always done. And then they threw this in, and you're like, that's a really interesting curveball because there's not many schools that do it at this point in the summer. Because, you know, I I think there's always been this belief, well, kids aren't going to show up because they're getting ready for their seasons, and their high school coaches won't want them there, and that kind of stuff. And that doesn't seem to be the impression I'm getting. I mean, there's kids from Oklahoma coming. There's kids from IMG coming. I mean, it it really is a good, strong collection already. So I think you are – you're seeing Oklahoma – both being innovative and at the same time pushing what they believe in. And I, like I said, I, I think it's going to be very cool, very interesting, and I, I'm anxious to see how it actually plays out. From the banks of the Riverwalk, Josh, we appreciate you joining us this afternoon. 
here on my show now. I've taken over this podcast. He has. I, me and Bob are the only people in the studio now. This is my podcast now. Uh, real quick, before you came or joined us, we were talking about like just the national perception, kind of what we were talking about in the war room. Do you have mm-hmm. any lasting thoughts, concerns, criticisms as uh, seemingly the end of the Oklahoma program is near? You know, I, I, I'm with all the people. I mean, I don't know how that's you right. get to a, a seven-win record here with this daunting schedule that's in front of Oklahoma. The, the thing that drives me crazy is I think there's no nuance to it because if you're talking about the Big 12 last year, okay, maybe I can get there that it's maybe a rockier road for OU than, than we all think at the moment. This isn't last year's Big 12. Iowa State doesn't return – 37 starters like you know Oklahoma State doesn't have their entire defense from the previous three years basically returning there are you know there's all these questions Baylor should be good but they've got to change at quarterback and they've got you know there's there's other things happening in that program like there are questions just everywhere there, there's nobody and if if you're gonna tell me what school has a the best talent b with the most stability, and I know it sounds crazy to say that with a coaching change, but almost Oklahoma's entire offensive staff returns. Like, the, you know, I, I don't know where people get this idea that OU is just going to fall off a cliff offensively. They still have one of the best offensive line coaches in the country. There's still Kel Gundy. There's still DeMarco Murray. You return a lot of players. You return so much depth and talent on your offensive line that I think is only going to grow under the current strength and conditioning program i i I just i don't feel like anybody really it's almost like oklahoma's the only one that went through any turmoil this offseason i'm like what are you talking about like look around everybody lost everything and you know i i thought it was interesting that it sounded like mike gundy at big 12 was just like yeah we're gonna play ball just like we did last year i mean cool i guess but a you've got a different defensive coordinator and your personnel is entirely different and you're going to rely on Spencer Sanders taking care of the ball and great defense, uh, you know, with a defense that's largely unchallenged. I, I okay, like I mean, maybe I'll be wrong, but to me, that's a bigger question than OU with as good a talent as there is in the league being able to win nine or ten games. It's it's almost amazing to me too. That like, just some people, if you're not inside the bubble, they've talked them in themselves into this idea that they just can't continue to be that good. They just can't continue to be that good. And when in reality, it's like, I mean, sure, they haven't had a whole lot of adversity yet. You don't know what's going to happen. They could, Dylan Gabriel could go up to Lincoln and turn the ball over three times in the first half, and all of a sudden it's 17 to nothing at halftime. But the pieces that they've added, and specifically through the transfer portal, they've kind of answered a lot of questions that they have. Now, I don't know if Jeffrey Johnson's going to be the next Perrion Winfrey. Hell, we don't know what Perrion Winfrey really was, considering what he, how he was used a year ago. But it does seem like all the questions that you can answer to those questions that come in from the outside media, it's just like, well, that, that answer is not good enough. They're just not going to be able to do it. And then the always the fallback is, well, it's Brent Venable's first year. They're going to have problems. And I think that you hit it right on the head, Josh. It's like, the staff that they brought in, these aren't, you know, outside of Miguel Chavis, who has never, quote-unquote, coached a game in real life. Uh, and he has, technically, because I guess he filled in for Clemson. But 
they aren't green. There's not a bunch of coaches down here that that have never gone through this before. And I think in a way it kind of benefits Oklahoma that a lot of the guys that have come in are even more so familiar with the program, especially somebody like a Jeff Levy. I I, I really couldn't agree more. And I, I just think it's so interesting, like this narrative that, that Brent Venables, like he just has to slip or fall. Guys, I keep saying it. Since like 1945, Oklahoma's had one one run in its history that would count qualify as bad for any program in the country, and it was like six years. And other than that, they've just been at least, I mean, a rock bottom eight or nine win program. Like that's been the baseline. At some point, it's like, guys, everything that you think you know about Texas is Oklahoma. Like, whatever whatever you want to say, like, oh, you know, Texas, the recruiting base and all these things, like, okay, cool. I don't disagree that on paper it should all make sense. But everything that you tend to hear national pundits say about Texas, Oklahoma's the one that's done it. Like, they've the one that's been consistent. They've recruited at a high level for 60 years. They've won at a high level for 60 years. Like, just on and on and on. And it's just like, no, this is going to be the time when Oklahoma falls. Why? What What in history? I mean, like, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those things. And I, I, me being the history guy that I am, like, those who ignore it are doomed to repeat it. Like, you ignore what OU has been for so long. Cool, man. Live at your own risk that that's just going to – this is going to be different under a guy that's done nothing but win, you know, three national titles as a defensive coordinator at different, you know, at different uh, stops and been around guys like Dabo and Bob and Bill Snyder in his career. That guy doesn't know what it is to fail. Like, you think he's going to be the one that lets it slip? Yeah, it's it's going to be fascinating. The good news is we don't have to talk about this for more than, you know, a month left because football will actually be played here in, uh, you know, I guess technically more than a month. But we'll get, at least get practice and we'll have to get out of it. Josh, we'll let you go. We appreciate how it. Have a couple for I me. Uh, Josh, tell me how many F-bombs did I well, miss? I, you should hear the things we said about you. Well, Kerry, I mean, it's how you feel about it because all the F-bombs were directed at you. So, like, I think yeah, it, it's how it's how thin-skinned you want to be. I do have very good news. Over 110 orders have been shipped during this podcast. We had to oh, get nice. the postman. All right. right. Nice. I, we made his day. He, well, he's a scooper, and he has oh, a no hat. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, he has a hat, and he wants to come back and get the— Was he uh, wearing the hat right now? No, he's wearing his Boston Red Sox hat right now. Oh, okay. I don't know if they let him wear that doing mail. It's probably too many questions to ask or to answer if you're wearing <laughs> Maybe that not in Norman, though, right? Well, he's he's fascinated with the the shirt, so he wants to come back and get a Hell shirt yeah. Friday. Awesome. The awesome. shirt's a must. The, the the shirt is well until again until they see the red on gray Eddie. I I, I just think this is this. I, I think the shirt's the finest work we've done. By the way, uh, I I do appreciate. Uh, let me say this, Josh, while you're on. I appreciate you paying actual money for your shirts, and Eddie too. You both, yeah, paid your own oh, way, it, and I because you know I. I we have so many orders and I want to get through this. You know, you guys know how I operate. Like I don't want to do any giveaways until we've at least gotten through one order. So I want because I want to make as much money as possible because I'm a greedy son of a bitch. The, so I, I, I don't know if everybody mind. heard my four year old declaring her need to go to the bathroom, but she needs to go to the bathroom. <laughs> she needs to go. So. All right, we'll let you go. <laughs> that sounds like a personal problem, Laney. Bob's yeah, got to go too. It, it's dueling dads you know. this afternoon. So. Sounds good. All right, Josh. All right, guys. Enjoy it. it. See you, Josh. Okay. All right, later, fellas. And, Bob, we will uh, let you 
cut loose. Uh, um, and uh, Eddie and I can, uh, unless there's anything that you want to throw out there before you take off? Just as far as the dead period ending, I know it's kind of a big weekend for Oklahoma basketball, welcoming players back onto campus, right? Yeah, you got Peach Jam going on, so you're seeing a lot of OU targets playing out at the East East Coast event. And then it's just about who can they bring in in this last week. They're definitely trying to make it something special. They're bringing in a really big guy. I think he's going to lean toward Kentucky, so I'm not getting too excited. But Sebastian Mack, point guard from Las, from uh, Vegas, that's the one I've circled. If they can get him in next weekend, I think things can come together very quickly, and you can add the second member to the 2023 class. That's kind of a little bit of a deal like bat, like football, though. I mean, you're talking about OU and Alabama for football. If OU's getting in contention for somebody that has Kentucky in the same name, I'd isn't that kind of one of those, okay, like things are starting to head in the right direction? Yeah, it's like you you lose this year, you accept that, but you build upon it to where then maybe next year you're not the bridesmaid. You sure. are the one coming through. I absolutely agree with that, and I like what they've been able to do in terms of the backcourt and the wings. Now we'll see with the addition of Ryan Humphrey, how does he attack the post? What's going to be his style? Does he have any guys that he was targeting at Notre Dame that now come over as legitimate sooner targets here in the months coming up? All right, good stuff. Uh, they're, they're headed out on to Europe, right? First, and, first week of August. Okay, so, yeah, first we'll, week of we'll, August. We'll I'll see if we, can, next week. if we can get to a practice here in the next week or so. I can hear the frustration in his voice when he says that. <laughs> I won't say what he's doing right. Oh, oh, I cut your mic up. Do you want to do that again? Yes. Okay. So uh, Bob's getting out of here. Uh, Eddie and I got to talk some uh, Major League Baseball draft before we get out of here today. We can. Because uh, a lot, and not just that, but how this affects Oklahoma's roster uh, heading in the season. But obviously we start off with Cade Horton going number 70, your cubbies. It was awesome. Yeah. You, and Bob, Bob, Bob's going to get oh, some love sorry, on that Bob, too, yeah, as well. Mike is still on. It was just give a woohoo. I, he says, no, give us a woohoo. Woohoo. Thank you. Uh, it was, it was awesome. Like I, I don't in a million years, never would have thought a month ago when he's stepping on the mound at Lubbock that he ended yeah. up was going to be the number seven draft pick overall. I mean, well, my it, God, it, we've talked about it a lot, but I mean, essentially he got, he he flew up the draft boards because of a five and a third and a six and a third or sure. five and two thirds and a six and a third and then uh, a, a World Series appearance, which was fantastic. I mean, yeah, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think it was like 61 strikeouts and 31 innings or something over his last five starts. Like just something, and 51 strikeouts. Yeah, no, it was 46 to six, I think. I think it was 46 or 64 to six. It, I can't remember. I It was unbelievable. And to do it at the level that he did, I mean, I think anybody that watched the College World Series was just like, holy shit, this guy was... Uh, you know, as delivered. This is the guy that I remember talking to people back in uh, the fall of his freshman year when he was, this is even before Tommy John surgery. Mm -hmm. And they're like, he could be the best. He, somebody told me that he, and I think I put it on the board at the time. It's like, he could be the best freshman we've ever had. And then obviously he went through Tommy John surgery. You didn't really know exactly what it was going to be. It was kind of funny to see like what the reception was from, you know, Cubs Twitter. Uh, as far as like this Kate Horton guy and they look at his ERA and it's, you know, four, eight, nine or whatever. And they're like, why the hell did it we draft this seventh, guy? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I think you just got to look like at the interpreter. You're like the OU baseball interpreter for the, Cubs I tried to base. be, I tried to tell my man, uh, David Kaplan is like, I promise this guy is really, really good. Skip loves him. Uh, and I, you know, I, I think that he's going to be on the same kind of, uh, track as some of the better pitchers that have been through here as far as 
you know, the John Gray's, uh, Kate Cavalli, obviously, with the Nationals right mm-hmm. now in that franchise. Uh, you know, Cade Horton is going to be a really, really good pitcher someday. Well, I mean, Horton's the headliner, but uh, Ricketts, tell us Ricketts bit- will probably trade him away, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, Bennett and, and, and Crooks. And I mean, and specifically, like, who was drafted where you're just like, well, that's not good for Skip. Like, he's probably not going to get him back. Robertson, I mean, the, I, the I assume first, one of those guys. The, the first, like, I think, and it's so weird how this worked, but like, the first time that it was like the holy shit, like, they got through day one. And it was like, you can live with all that. You got Kate Horton going in uh, number seven overall. You got Jake Bennett going 45 overall to the Nationals. Those were no Peyton yeah. Graham going in the they're, in the early second round to the Tigers. Yeah. It's like you knew that those guys were exiting uh, the program. Uh, Jimmy Crooks going in the fourth round of the Cardinals. It's like that's a great fit. He was probably gone. I think he was in the top tw- uh, two twenty five on MLB Pipeline. And didn't you say kind of going in? You thought fourth round? Yeah, was, I think I think people thought third or fourth round for Jimmy. Uh, but I mean, saying if he went in those, he was definitely he would definitely go ahead and yeah take them. Yeah, that's right. And then even like Blake Robertson on the first day. Because uh, they did one through ten on, or it was one through uh, two, one and two on the first night, and then three through ten on the second night, and eleven through twenty. So by the second day, you get Blake Robertson going in the seventh round. I think that you know there was a lot of people that kind of wondered, even though he his bat fell off in the last month of the season, uh, he still had an incredible year. He's the newcomer of the year in the Big Twelve. Uh, you know, everybody. I think he had a much better season than anybody could have even possibly thought he was going to have when he was coming in from Cali County. Uh, but then you get to the third day and that's where I think a lot of people go, Oh shit, what happened? Cause you thought David Sandlin was going to be back as I understand it right now, David Sandlin's probably going to sign. And I'm, I don't even want to say probably, I think he is going to sign, uh, you know, at the end of the second day in the 10th round, Tanner Treadway, which is a great story. He got drafted. I was so happy for him. Uh, he's out of eligibility. He's right, like, he, yeah. he's gone. Uh, T- Trevor Michael, same deal. He's gone. He's out of eligibility. He transferred in from Lamar, has a great year as Oklahoma's closer, joining uh, Peyton Graham with the Tigers organization. His slot value, I think, was like 157 in the 10th round. I have been told that I, I think it, it wouldn't be crazy to say somebody like a David Sandlin had a pre-draft agreement with the Royals that he went in knowing, hey, they're going to take me on the third day, it's going to be okay. They're going to overpay me. I think he got like $400,000. Like, and if that's exactly what it was, I mean, you would in a way almost kind of have to be stupid not to take it. And I think, you know, he's obviously ready to start his professional career. Kale Davis is going to be interesting to see what he does. He's the Oklahoma state pitcher that entered the transfer portal that ended up, he was going to be in Oklahoma's uh, bullpen next year mm-hmm. from Westmore. He got drafted in the 16th round. Chaz Martinez got drafted in the 17th round uh, by the Royals again. Uh, that's interesting. Like he would be the perfect example of somebody that would, if you come back, you can improve your draft stock. Like he would be in Oklahoma's weekend rotation, I just don't know what that that's that number is going to be for him. What they have to meet. Uh, Jarrett Godman probably gone. Javier Ramos. It'd be rumored that he was in the transfer portal. I've never been able to confirm that. I don't know what he's going to do. He's another guy that like if he comes back, you got drafted in the 18th round. You go much higher if you have a better season. Uh, you know this upcoming year, and then that's where you get into the conversation of like, you know, how much is can NIL help? Like four of eight guys that got drafted by the out of the A and M lineup all have decided to come back to school. And I think it's pretty obvious why that's the case. They're going to make more money than they would from a professional team, uh, you know, coming back to college station. So 
Brett Squires signed an undrafted free agent deal for $75,000 with the Royals, which is just like, again, I don't know what goes on behind the scenes. He was going to start. He was probably going to be the first baseman next year. I think that's like one of those. It's like, oh shit, like that's not good. So it's, it's and good I asked and you this yesterday, like there's no chance Mark McGuire comes back. Or uh, uh, Mason McGuire. Uh, well, Max McGuire. Max McGuire, yeah. Max McGuire in the transfer portal. I don't think that's okay. I don't think he, I don't, the him and the program have gone in separate directions. I think that's probably the best way to say it. Mason McGuire, his brother who had signed with Oklahoma, actually got out of his letter of intent and got drafted in the eighth round by the Cubs. And I think he's going to sign with the wow. Cubs. So, uh, you know, it's it's kind of a good and bad thing. It's like the good Oklahoma had the most players drafted out of anybody in uh, the Major League Baseball draft. They had eleven guys. Drafted. It also sounds like we need to ban Kansas City from scouting Oklahoma. They've Even done a really good job, team. Uh, and I think that the uh, Oklahoma State fans would probably say the same thing about the Angels. They the Angels took three of their pitchers. Hmm. Uh, I think they who'd they take? They took uh, Victor Medros, the kid from Cuba. Uh, they took two other guys. I Bryce Osmond who was in their starting rotation, and, oh, Roman uh, Fansalker, the kid from Heritage Hall. So, uh, you know, OU, obviously, it's a great thing that you get that many guys drafted. I think it's a sign that, the, you know, whatever Oklahoma is doing, it's for the second time in three years that their weekend rotation has the entire thing's been drafted. But at Blown the same up. time, yeah. the other side of it is, is you're going to have to hit the portal. You're going to have to be active in the portal. You're going to have to go after guys uh, this quote unquote late in the process, but you're going to uh, be able to say, but look what our starting exactly, rotation did. Exactly. Last year. They all got drafted. Well, and Hey, by the way, we went to the college world series. Do you want to come join this program? Yeah. Like we went to the championship series, uh, that we also have a good core of Jackson, Nicholas walk, uh, Wallace Clark, John Spikerman, uh, you know, Kendall Pettis, a ton of guys, are returning Carter Campbell, Carson Atwood. Like they have a good core of guys. Yeah. They just got to go piece it together. And, you know, I guess in a way it's much better to try to do this now than it is a couple years ago when you don't have the transfer portal because the transfer portal in baseball is like, you think basketball was crazy transfer portal for baseball is nuts. Yeah. I mean, I, you see stuff all the time, but it's like, it, it it's kind of basketball. It's I, Bob's not here. So I can say this. It's hard to follow basketball. It's impossible for me to follow baseball. Yeah. You kind of just, gotta, you don't know any of these. You're like, yeah. at least in the basketball portal, like you remember that guy from the NCAA tournament, or you knew he was leading scorer at this team that always goes to the NCAA tournament. Baseball. You don't have that. Yeah. Like the Garza Gangora kid that's coming in. They're extremely high on, I've been told they think he could be a star. And he might have to start at first base now as a true freshman. So, uh, you know, and then they do have like the the Bryce Madron kid uh, that's coming in from Cowley County. He was the D2 player of the year or not D2, but a Juco player of the year. Uh, you know, he's supposed to have a big bat. It's going to be about how can he make that jump? The only thing I'm, I'm disappointed in in any of it is that we just didn't get to see more of 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 uh, Kate Horton. Yeah. It, it's like we didn't get to see we got to see a month of his greatness yeah, it sucks he would if he would have come back he would have been like the premier college pitcher yeah like it, that, and that he would have been in norm he would have been it would have been a nice bell cow for a skip in the pro friday nights yeah. it's like scheduled viewing you want to go see what kate horton's yeah. gonna do so that sucks but you know i i think that and we've talked about it before but it, i think that skip johnson like 
kind of the way he, he thinks it's like, and he, he would say this. I, I truly think that he would say this. It's, this is, you come to Oklahoma to put yourself in position to get drafted in that yeah. spot. And yeah. you just can't turn down seven, number seven overall. Like, Unless you're yeah. Jamal Rock, you, no, you can't. You can't. There's no like, way. You just don't turn it down. No, you don't turn down second round money. You don't like nowadays with the way that they slot money. Uh, even David Sandling going eleventh uh, round, you don't turn down that type of money. So uh, it will be interesting to see kind of how they refigure this thing. Uh, you know, they they have they're in good spot just from the run that they went on. I think it would hurt a lot more if you didn't look up and go, oh yeah, they did have a hell of a run in Omaha. Uh, you know, it, it, I, I'm not going to go backwards because I don't know what you guys talked about with recruiting, but it is going to be interesting with the camp coming up. Uh, yeah, we talked about it a little bit just as far as, you know, I, I think that there was some worry as far as, you know, is this camp going to be too close to the start of the season where you don't have guys that come in and participate? But I think that's going to be like, we can't answer that right but now. We've There's seen guys people that have like LSU have these camps like right before sure. their, their camp start. Sure. It will be uh, it'll be particularly interesting. I'm just glad that we're getting to the end of the, you know, quote unquote talking the season, season where there's just nothing really to uh, not necessarily talk about. It's just like you can't go prove it. You can't go show it. And that, I'm kind of to that point with uh, specifically with this thing. Like there's only so much you can hear about, uh, you know, obviously, I think everybody has loved Schmitty and having him back around the program. I got a text from somebody yesterday that said that they uh, it was like 3.30 and, you know, yesterday was like the day there was 111 around mm-hmm. here. It's like, you know, 3.30 in the afternoon and you could just hear the whistle like from the oh, uh, from the Switzer Center. And it's like, God, I just can't imagine having to go through that in this weather. <laughs> but, you know, that's the kind of stuff that like I truly believe like they won't you know, have a like, problem with a, a, a September, you know, hundred degree game no they shouldn't and you know i i think that like those are the types of moments and imagine usc traveling to norman to play a game in september well it's just like those are the moments that i feel like that wasn't happening under wiley like those moments of like yeah in the back of your brain would have taken him to top golf today like am i gonna die like and i'm not saying that they need to push him that far (laughs) but like i i do think that like that plays a role in the process of creating a team. I, I truly do. I think you truly felt bad that you said that for a moment. Like, well, I, I of course don't want anybody to die, but I do think that like those no, moments in the back like, of your mind, like, yeah, no, I mean, that's an accurate portrayal of like, I remember like how far it can go. No. Like, and I, am I, I going to die? Sure. And I, I think that like, that's the type Not of like, I can't breathe, get an ambulance. I think that's I'm right. going to die. That's right. Yes. Like those moments are, you know, some of the, mental processes that this program has been missing in a way like not necessarily down in the building back up sure like Like pushing people to their limits and maybe at the end of the day it can just be clarified as like that brotherhood that you create with your teammates Mm -hmm. when you're fighting for something uh that's been missing in a way i feel like i don't think there's any way that the majority of the team does not sit there right now and say I really like this experience more than the experience the last couple of years. Just look at the stuff that they were saying during the spring. And that was even before they went through the summer stuff with right. Schmitty. Mm-hmm. Uh, just as far as like, and you know, Bob wrote about it just as far as like the dime time retreat and that kind of stuff. And that's all pretty uh, during the month of July. Like, you know, to be honest, I, I don't think that that's going to be the difference in winning football games no. come September or November or whenever. But, 
it's just little things like that that you know and 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 things that Marvin Mim said even and I don't know if this was like a I don't even know if like people caught on to it but you know he was talking about his his uh relationship with uh Dylan Gabriel and Dylan Gabriel's relationship with Jeff Levy and he said something to the effect that and this was during a breakout session uh it was something to the effect of like you know coach Levy's going to tell him things and he's going to come tell us because he understands it and it was almost like an insinuation that that wasn't happening a year ago that like things on the sidelines weren't being relayed like the quarterbacks didn't really understand what they were being asked to do or, that or how it to just tell like, other people to do it or it just wasn't happening like that yeah. communication almost wasn't happening at all and maybe that's something that i just like i i listen and then i listen to it again it's like maybe i'm just reading into something that's not there but I do think that like just communication at a bare minimum should be better. So I'm kind of excited to see like how this thing comes together. And you know, defensively, uh, I don't think anybody knows. I don't think anybody knows. I do think that they're going to be a better fundamentally sound football team. And you know, that's one of those things, Carrie. I think even in the first quarter against UTEP, you're going to go okay. Like, I feel like this this looks better. Are you ready to be Ryan Sherpa and just show him around the practices and all that stuff? Yeah, soon? we can do that. I'm going to put him on like one of those little uh, uh, child callers where he can't stray too far. <laughs> I don't think that I can condone that. Like the elephant oh. backpack. Right. Oh, well, where then you maybe hold not. on to the trunk. Well, then maybe not. We won't do that. Hey, you, you got to be thinking content all the time now. What what can you do? And Ryan, Ryan will be for, I'm telling you right now, we've had discussions. He is down for just about anything. Yeah, I, we've, talked, we've talked a little bit about it. We've talked a little bit. I don't devil worship. I'm Catholic. Maybe I do devil worship. <laughs> I it, It's one of those things that I think that uh, will come in time. And uh, I'm excited to kind of get this thing going. It does feel like once we got through that, what I called was the first day of class at Big 12 Media Days, it feels like we're kind of starting that downhill ascent into uh, what will be the college football season. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for everybody that's almost here. I'm scared shitless, though, because we have so much to do. It's going to work. It's going to work. Just keep buying hats and shirts. Just keep buying hats and shirts and specifically my merch, and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll go from there. How about that? Something's going to have to happen, right? Like, what do you mean? The, the off season's just been so quiet. And I, I, I don't mean like injuries or anything like that, but I, you know, like the Texas A&M kid getting in trouble this morning, uh, the Anus Smith. Is it Anus? <laughs> it's not Anus, right? Anus? Anias? Anias? Anias Smith? Anias? Anias? I'm going to call him Anus. Anus Smith. I mean, that shows can you, you imagine yeah, having shows- to be... Yeah, I mean, to have someone representing your program that gets so perfect, you know, like literal, like not just a traffic stop. Like this guy's, I hope Jimbo just sells out tomorrow and says, well, he just had joined the core and <laughs> he was just headed over to uh practice. We told him he couldn't have a saber. So yeah, like he, he, it was his turn to take care of, uh, revelry revelry. I was gonna call her Lassie and he forgot that he had got drunk. He who hasn't done that cast the first stone. Nice to know that A&M players are buying Uzis with their NIL money. That is a little worrisome that he had a, uh, he had one in the chamber, as the kids say. That, yeah. that does worry me a little bit. I don't think College Station's that rough. You think Trajan Bridges had one in the chamber? 
I don't know. I did see that he put something up on uh, Instagram the other day. He was back out running routes. Yeah, he's fingers, been doing that. I've, fingers crossed. I, I hope he, I hope he gets back him. to it. I hope he gets back to it. Out of the three guys that got in trouble, I, that's the one that, and it might just because of Jack. I do hope that like. Yeah, I mean that's like Jack is the greatest dude, man. I mean like. And I hope I he gets know. a second chance somewhere. Like I don't know where that's going to be because I don't really know like what the. It'd have to be like an Idaho State or something. I, like I that. mean, I don't even know what the update is on that entire case. Like, like is he free? <laughs> To leave, go to a different state. Yeah, and things like, like that. I, yeah. I don't know like what the What's update this, is, but I would hope that you know at some point. What is point, this proba- terms of probation? I think that's called. It was a, you know obviously a life changing stupid mistake that's going to cost him for the rest of his life. But uh, you know at some point, hopefully they get some type of reprieve. I don't know. Um, that's all I'm going to say on that. So. Maybe that's just me trying to backtrack in case like Parish Cox does come to try to kill me. <laughs> or Parish Cobb. It wouldn't be Parish Cox. Parish Cox, Cox played for OSU. Player. Yeah. There you go. All right. Uh, that is going to do it for uh, this edition of the uh, Unofficial 40 podcast. Uh, looking forward to it. By the way, uh, Ryan, not very talkative today. He'll work his way into it. Uh, but he's not writing articles for the site. So let's get that. It's all video stuff. Uh, it's fun stuff. It's entertaining stuff, hopefully. And uh, that's stuff we're going to be working on uh, up until... And we're going to have, you know, the ability to send back video live and things like that. And if he and Eddie want to do stand-ups and things... Like, pretty much everything you can think of that you could do video, we're thinking of doing that. Plus, and I think Ryan wants to say something. Uh, honestly, any feedback from... This is probably opening up a can of worms. Anything the fans oh, yeah. want to see, I oh, feel like no, would help. You don't want to do no, that. No, you don't want to leave it up to them. You make a major mistake every podcast. Well, I'm, not, like. I'm not saying, like, just uh, anything you want, but if there was a legitimate thought, I was like, okay, because I feel like, you know, we're only going to come up with so many things. Make know, sure that gets in his inbox, yeah, not mine not or Karen's. No, I don't want any part of this. I take it back then. Don't, don't give up any suggestions. You barely let you talk, and you keep doing this. I course. know. All right, uh, that will do it. But no, seriously, uh, Ryan is not on the board. I'm not letting him near you guys until we break him in a little bit. But I mean, you've heard the last two podcasts. We can't put him on the board with the stuff that he says. Uh, he's just inviting. He's inviting the. It'd be a it'd be a 15-page thread, is what it would be. Yes, culminating with the demand of you to rescind God and everything that you know. Probably. No, there's might be some of those nice people. I don't know. We have nice people on the site, but we also have a lot of bastards, and they're pretty funny. But it, it's a rough place. We got to figure out the right right way to deflower you for the board. The, uh, the throwing somebody in, like you know how they throw like children in uh, to pools, and that's how they're maybe supposed to try your, to learn maybe how that's to swim. Your first, your first thing is uh, you do a weekly report on the craziness of the Crimson Corner, like a message board geniuses, but an internal thing. Literally just my thoughts on it? Yeah. No, like, well, like, if you see a post, I'll, I mean, I'm sure you're capable of grabbing screens and things like Mm -hmm. that, but we can turn those into your video report to start things out. And maybe it's just internal to me and Eddie first, and then we look it over and we say, that's really good or that's not. It might get pretty dark, but sure, I'd be down. It'd be great, like, if you just ended everyone smoking, like, with a, with a, you know, glass of Jameson in front of you. (laughs) Like Man. it just the the crimson corner broke you broke your spirit. But well, you can't do that in episode one. Then that's, that has to be something you build up that's to. True. It can't just be right off the bat. Then that's what do you true. build up to? We'll start with cocaine. Then all right, all right. That'll do it for the unofficial forty podcast. So what you want to do is to make crack. <laughs> you're gonna to want to take the cocaine. 
<laughs> That'll do it for this edition of the Unofficial 40. Uh, hopefully Ryan still wants to work here next week. Uh, we'll be back again next week for another edition of the Unofficial 40 podcast from Soonerscoop.com.